you awake? Yeah. Yeah, I've decided Tom Cruise 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that got you excited, didn't it? Yeah, we're uh, concluding our uh, series today. And again, uh, I'm going to take you into the danger zone. But today we're going to talk about the supernatural. And I've said through this series that God is searching, he is looking for those who are faithful, whose hearts are fully committed to him, that God wants to use you, but it's a choice you have to make. And the question is, will you choose obedience over comfort? Will you choose character instead of taking the easy route? Will you choose to, to trust God or will you retreat and just play things safe in your life? And it's all about faith. You know, Jesus asked that poignant question that we've been asking ourselves. It says, when the Son of Man returns, Jesus talked about the second coming, how many will he find on earth who have faith? I mean, how many will be known for their faith and in fact, let's get a little more poignant. Will you have faith? Because as a follower of Jesus Christ, faith is vital in your life. You will never be who God wants you to be without having faith. You will never reach your full God-given potential in this life without faith. Without faith, you're making a choice to live life below what God created you to do in this world. And if we're going to live with faith, it means giving God control and trusting God and basically saying, I'll fly with you. I'll fly with you in my life. And by far, I, I think too often, because of fear, we avoid that danger zone of faith. And I've said this numerous times through this series, God's best is found in the danger zone when we express our faith. And oftentimes uh, when we kind of talk about or explore the supernatural, I see a couple mistakes that, that people tend to make. Uh, some tend to overemphasize the supernatural. You know, everything that bad that happens. They, they blame Satan, they, they blame the demons or whatever. And in fact, someone gets in a car wreck and they're blaming demons when in fact they just weren't paying attention at the time. You know, someone flunks a test, they, they blame it on the evil one when actually they just didn't study or they didn't study hard enough. That's one extreme, all right? The other extreme is people that underemphasize the supernatural. And I think perhaps this is the most common today. You know, too many people just dismiss the supernatural and go, yeah, I don't really believe in that stuff. You know, I don't, I don't go that direction. The danger zone of the supernatural and what I want to do for sake of conversation today is kind of give us a biblical perspective. Second Corinthians, Paul writes, he says, for though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. 
The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Although we live in this world, this physical world, there is a spiritual world, a world where there's a war raging. It, it's God's kingdom versus the kingdom of hell. That's the war. It's a war we all participate in, whether we want to or not. But we don't fight as Christ followers with weapons of this world. We don't, you know, have cruise missiles and javelins. We don't have machine guns and tanks and F-22 Raptors or anything like that. But we battle the supernatural with prayer and faith. And make no mistake about it, we are engaged in a spiritual battle in this life. Now, Paul, he encourages us and he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Uh, in other words, uh, Paul's saying, you're not strong enough to win the battles on your own most of the time. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You have a spiritual enemy. His name's Satan. It's the evil one. He hates you. And he is plotting and planning to take you out. His mission, and we've said this several times, it's to steal, kill, destroy everything that matters to God in this world. Now Paul goes on, he says, we are not fighting against humans. We're fighting against forces and authorities, against rulers of darkness and powers in the spiritual world. We are not fighting with other people. We're not fighting flesh and blood, as the King James says. But we're, we're fighting a very different battle in our lives. You know, we're not fighting against the government. We're not fighting against Republicans and Democrats. We're not fighting against Hollywood. You're not fighting against your boss. And I know you may think your boss is from hell, but that's not your battle. It's not. Your battle is not in this physical world. Your battle is against the powers of evil in a spiritual world. In other words, there is more than you can see with your eyes in life. There, there is a spiritual battle that is more powerful. Hear this. It's more powerful than this physical world. What you see with your eyes is only part of the reality of things. In fact, if you had spiritual eyes, you would see the spiritual war. There's an influence that it has over our physical world in many ways. And so I say that to say this. If you're in a battle right now in your life, you know, if you've got a struggle, if you're facing a difficulty of some sort, you need to hear this. You are not alone in your battle. You were never alone in that battle. And, and today what we're going to do is take another look at Elijah's life. And uh, remember, Elijah is God's top gun prophet in Israel at the time. And then this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Israel's at war against the Armenians, and they're, they're in this battle, and it says this. 
It says, when the servant of the man of God got up, and by the servant here, we're talking about, this is somebody that is alongside Elijah. He's maybe mentoring this guy, but when he gets there, he got up, he went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots has surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? This guy, he looks around, he's assessing things, he realizes they are surrounded by the enemy. Troops are everywhere. He realizes they're outnumbered, they're outgunned. In other words, they're in trouble. Elijah very calmly responds to it. He says, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now I picture the, the servant, he's thinking, what? Elijah, have you lost your mind? Can't you see? Can't you count? We are totally outnumbered here. We're in trouble. And so what's Elijah do? I, I love his response. It says, and Elisha prayed. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. God gives this guy a glimpse of the spiritual realm. He looks, he realizes that God's angels and God's warriors are everywhere. That they're not in this battle alone. There's another realm. There's more than the eye can see. And, and since there's a spiritual realm, and you need to get this, your prayers are more powerful than you ever realized in your life. There may be times when, when you pray and maybe you feel like nothing's happened. You ever have that? You pray and you're like, okay, what now? You feel that way because you cannot see what you're supposed to see. But it's possible God is actively working in that spiritual realm. You just can't see it in the physical realm. And in fact, the Old Testament story of Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den, Daniel. Daniel's praying. Apparently nothing's happening in his life. And then one day God sends an angel to him. It's a very interesting story. It's the angel speaking here. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day, since the what? The first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God. Your request has been heard in heaven. See, from the first day, I have come in answer to your prayers. From day one, God heard Daniel's prayers. God was working in the spiritual realm. Daniel just didn't know it. He couldn't see it. And then the, the angel kind of explains things to him. And then this word gets real interesting. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with this 
spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future for this vision concerns a time yet to come. And so I want you to kind of picture this so you don't get lost. Daniel, Daniel prays, and as soon as he prays, God releases an angel to work on him. 21 days, the angel battles with this evil spirit, whatever, whatever it is. And then Michael, the archangel, comes along. He's a little stronger, I take it, and he's able to hold off that spirit. So the other angel could go and inform Daniel that God had heard his prayers. Curious story, isn't it? There is a spiritual realm, folks. You know, and you really have to get this. When, when you see the physical world, it's not all that's there. There's that spiritual realm that you cannot see. And so your, your prayers have power. You have an enemy, though, and he wants to take you out. And I think he tries to do it a lot of different ways. You know, I believe uh, Satan loves to kind of blind our minds uh, and make us unbelievers in our lives. And in fact, for instance, right now, some of you are thinking, yeah, I'm not really a follower of Jesus. In fact, I'm not even settled whether there's a God or not. Yeah, I come to church. I mean, keep keeps family off my back and stuff. And so as you're looking at God's word, if that's, if that's where you're at, there's a struggle, isn't it? Struggle to pay attention, to, to connect, you know. In fact, some of you, if you were honest, the moment I said we're going to talk about the supernatural, you're like, yeah, check my phone, see if there's, you know, thinking about other stuff. It's just what happens because you, you start checking out. You, you, you stop paying quite as much of attention. And what I want to suggest to you is Satan wants to blind you. You know, the evil one wants to keep you from hearing truth that might change your life. Because if you hear truth and then you begin to experience truth, truth will what? set you free. Truth will change you, change the way you think, change what you do. But Satan, who is God, notice little g, God of this world, in other words, he's got full reign to do what he wants to do, has binded the minds of those who don't believe. I believe Satan's a master at this. I believe he works all kinds of different ways to keep us from hearing the truth in life. And something else I, I think he wants to do is he wants to rob you of the power that God's word has for your life. Now, I'm guessing just about all of us here have had that moment in life where you heard something from God's word. Maybe you read it and it kind of touched you. You know, opened your eyes for a moment, resonated with you, did something inside you. Maybe it piqued your uh, spiritual curiosity in life. Maybe it raised some questions. Maybe it even challenged you or convicted you somehow. And, and you had that moment 
where you thought, you know, this could be real. This sounds right. You know, maybe, maybe I need to embrace this. But you got up the next morning, and the in that uh, inspiration you had just evaporated. How many of you have ever had a moment like that? Come on. <laughs> I mean, what happens is then you just return back to the same old, same old. You were thinking you might go God's way, and then boom, that, that desire just kind of dead. Well, what happened there? Well, Jesus tells us, he says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom, does not understand it, and by understanding it's to really take it to heart, start, start applying, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. You know, he just snatches it, snatches that word, that inspiration that, that was sown deep in the heart for, for that moment, just takes it. And another thing I, I think he wants to do is kind of ensnare you in, in life, uh, trap you, so to speak. You know, years ago I had a, a friend and uh, he had raccoons that were just uh, terrorizing his house. And so these little menacing creatures... They're, they're chewing up things, they're eating the dog food, they're getting into the garbage, and he said they were driving him crazy. And so he set up traps. Uh, he put some dog food in, in them, and he said the, the raccoons are stupid. <laughs> he said they're just stupid. He goes, as, as soon as nighttime hit, he said within minutes, he would hear one of the traps go off. And he caught them one by one, he caught all of them. And Here's how that applies. We have a spiritual enemy. You're the raccoon. You know, he wants to destroy you and capture you. He wants to destroy you by, by getting you to, to move in the direction of sin or a destructive lifestyle. Whatever your point of vulnerability, and we all have it, he'll try to exploit it. Now, if you're trying to get out of debt, who will make you see every single sale of everything that you've ever wanted in your life? You know, you're trying to quit partying. Well, a friend will show up with a keg and go, party! You know. He oftentimes uses people to drag you into the snare. Whatever your weakness is, he will attack it in your life. You know, Paul writes this, he says, they may come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap that holds them captive to do his will. The evil one sets the trap and the objective is to ensnare you or trap you in that sin, whatever it is. And the evil one is always, always, always fighting to block the work of God in your life. You know, you get a vision from God, a passion for something of God, and he will try and block your way. You know, you may be moved by a verse of scripture or a message or a song. It might, might be a conversation with someone. And you think, you know, I, I need to be a good steward. I'm going to get us out of debt and we're just going to 
buckle down and get this straight and the air conditioner blow out, you know, or the car quits working. You know, you decide as a couple, we're gonna commit ourselves to having a great marriage and then all hell will break loose in life. And my point is do not underestimate your spiritual opponent. You know, he wants to keep you where you are. He wants to keep you from being who God created you to be. He wants to keep you from whatever those blessings are that God wants to bless you. It, it, it happened to the Apostle Paul. And I figure if Paul had to deal with it, we deal with it too. You know, Paul says this, says, For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did again and again and again and again and again and again. But Satan, what? Blocked our way. What? Satan walked our way. That's the way it works in life. Blocking things. You know, trying to stop anything good from transpiring in, in your life. And ultimately, his plan really is to destroy and to take you out, ultimately. Peter writes this, he says, be alert, sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Picture that. He's prowling. Satan hates. It runs deep inside him. And he doesn't want to just hurt you. He wants to devour you. He wants to destroy anything that matters to the heart of God. You know, he wants to devour your witness by taking you out with sin. You know, parents, he wants to devour your kids. He does. He wants to devour them. He loves to get them involved in things that they keep them from, from God and from the church. He wants to get them hooked on drugs or alcohol or pornography, whatever. He wants to devour you know, he wants to devour your finances. You know, he loves to get people so deep in debt that they are in financial bondage. You know, he loves to get people fighting about and worrying about money and issues like that. He wants to destroy your health. You know, pain and disease and sickness. He wants to destroy your relationship with God. That's really where he's going. What you see in this physical world is not all there is. There is a spiritual world and there is a war going on and it's between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of hell. It is a spiritual battle in life. And until you recognize that, I mean, you're in trouble. I mean, you may be looking at the things in this physical realm right now. And it may seem like the enemy's got you surrounded. And it may seem like you're outnumbered in your situation or outgunned in a particular, you know, struggle in your life. But Christ followers, I want you to hear this. We live in this world. We are not from this world. We do not wage war like the world does. Why? Again, we are not fighting against humans. 
We are fighting against forces and authorities and against rulers of darkness and power in the spiritual world. It is real. And you've got to understand, there's more to this world than what you can see. And you also need to understand you're not alone. You are not alone in whatever that battle is in your life, whatever, whatever it is. You're not alone. You may feel alone. I mean, if you're feeling that way right now, if you feel overwhelmed, afraid, anxious, if you feel like the battle is just too big to win, I would challenge you to just ask God to open your eyes so you can see the truth. Ask God to help you see the spiritual enemy and the spiritual reality that God's in charge. And when you can see that, you hold on to it with everything in you. Your prayers are more powerful than you think. Because there's more stuff that you can't see. We ought to be people of prayer because of that. People of prayer because it's powerful. Has a chance to change things. And Elijah prayed. Open his eyes, Lord. So that he may see. I think he would pray today and say, open our eyes. Open her eyes. Open his eyes. Then the Lord opens our eyes, the servant's eyes. And he looked and saw all the hills full of horses, chariots of fire, all around Elijah. You go, well, what's that all mean? Well, here's something to hold on to if you're going through something right now. The kingdom of God ultimately wins. God always wins. As believers, we do not fight for a victory in life. We fight from victory because of Jesus Christ. In other words, the battle is won. And don't misunderstand. I'm not saying everything turns out the way you wanted it to turn out and everything's easy and simple, but God ultimately wins. And ultimately, we do win our battles. You know, Jesus, or John writes this, he says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Here's the key. Because the one who is in you is greater, is greater than the one who's in the world. So whatever your battle is, your struggle, your challenge today, two things I pray. You'd realize God wants you to win. That you're not alone in it. And the other, and maybe this is where you're at today, you just need to say, God, open my eyes. Let me see hope. Let me see your angels. Let me see 
the powers there at work. Now, I'm not saying you're going to see fiery chariots and all that. But I think God whispers in those moments when you say, God, I feel hopeless with this situation. Open my eyes. Give me hope. Give me strength. Let me see the way to go. And God will absolutely, absolutely do it. I don't know what it'll look like or sound like, but you'll have that experience. Many of us could testify to that. You know, some of the darkest days, and then God just gave hope because we realized it's not mine to battle. I can't fix this. Only he can. Only he can. Let, let, let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, we praise you. God, we know there's a war going on. It's been raging since the beginning of time. God, sometimes we, uh, we get so caught up in it, we, we think our battles with people or things, systems, but it's bigger than that. It's a spiritual battle. God, I know there are people here today that they're going through some things. They've been struggling for a while, hurting, feeling beaten. God, I pray right now that, Lord, you just open their eyes. They'd realize you're already started battling for them. Your Holy Spirit would just whisper words of hope, encouragement, strength. God, we may be outnumbered in this world as we look at it. But spiritually, we're never outnumbered. You are a mighty God, powerful God, able to heal, able to break, able to open doors, able to make a way through. So God, I just pray that uh, you just spill that hope into our spirits. God, we would turn over whatever it is. It's the challenge and say, okay, I'll do what I can, but God, I need more. <coughs> Knock down those strongholds. Knock down those doors. Open up those great opportunities. And God will give you praise with our lives, with our witness when you do. We give you the glory. We give you the praise this day and every day. God's people said, be prayer teams down front after service. If you've got, you know, you've got a challenge, you're struggling today, maybe, maybe you need God to open your eyes to just how he's working. Let him, let him pray for you. You don't have to tell him anything. You can tell him what you want, but you can just say, hey, pray for me. I need my eyes open today. And uh, let, let them do that. Power of prayer. Do not underestimate the power of prayer. And uh, we're going to worship now.